Hey there, and welcome to the Dynamics Hot Dish Podcast, serving up stories and knowledge on Dynamics 365 and the Power Platform. This is what's hot in Dynamics. You're now joining Merlin Schweiger, Liz McGlennon, and Ashley Steiner. Well, what I was going to mention, I don't know if you guys are keeping up on your Power Platform weeklies lately. Um, and incidentally, if you're listening and you're not subscribed to Power Platform Weekly, it's a great newsletter. But I saw two cool things in the weekly this week as of recording. So, you know, maybe a little bit off when we're actually airing this. So you mean um, like the week of the first? Uh, yes, the week of the first. Okay. So the two cool things that I saw, um, one is the announcement, general availability of notifications in model-driven apps. So you get like a little pane on the right-hand side and you get like little notifications. It did note, it's like, these are not like real time. So you can't like blast things out like, hey, you need to leave the building right now. Like there's a fire sorts of notifications, um, but it's it's more of like a polling system. So I think it like polls every so often. It's like, oh, there's a notification to display it. But still- It was really exciting to see that. Yeah. That's a pretty cool feature. People have been wanting that cool for a thing. long time. Oh, since so like, <laughs> since forever. Honestly, since back when there was like the little announcements, like bar thing at the top and people were like can we put our own here and where i was like no i'm sorry you can't and i'd be like well what's the point i don't know but i'm sorry you can't so now you can that's exciting um and the other cool thing is a preview feature uh that dion wrote a blog post about which is uh lets you tie a specific dynamics record to a team's meeting so in a team's meeting so if you create the meeting from dynamics which I guess is another preview feature where you can like add a Teams meeting to an appointment on the dynamic side. So if you create it there and you set them regarding to a contact, uh, a lead, an account, an opportunity, and a, or a case, then when you join the meeting, there's a little pane that you can pop open on the side that will literally show you the dynamics form. It only shows that to people who are in the meeting in your organization. So if you have the customers on, like they're not gonna see your case form or whatever. They don't need a license to Dynamics to see that, or do they? I assume you would still need a license to Dynamics okay. to be able to see that. But like, that's still kind of cool. But it could like, just be a Power Apps license. Pro probably. Well, not if it's a case. You'd have to have a customer oh. service license to get to the case data. Okay. But if it was an opportunity or lead, then yeah. Um, but I feel like that's really cool to be like, hey, like, let's huddle and talk about this opportunity. Which opportunity? Oh, it's literally attached to the meeting. You can just look at the data right there. Okay, That's it's cool. also really exciting. Like you said, you can actually create a Teams meeting. Like that's always been a huge gap. They're like, but right. we use Zoom or Teams or some virtual meeting option, but we, if we're creating the meeting out appointment out of Dynamics, we can't add that in. Like there's not a button right. for that. Like which, is, yeah. which is why I've always trained my reps to just use the app, right? To track it back. So if you mm -hmm. set regarding in Outlook, would you still get that pain or do you only get it if yeah. you create it from day? Okay. So no, like I that, think you still that's, live. Yeah. that's really exciting. Yeah. I think you said and that, also, that one's like, a preview. That one's a preview feature. Cause you can also okay. like, if you get into the meeting and nobody set the regard you can still like go in and find the record and select the record and pop it in there for everybody. So like, that's really cool. I don't know. I think that's pretty fun. Yeah. That is a cool feature. Um, I know people are always excited, like in the Outlook app, like just the smallest things when you're like, oh, I set this email regarding and then I can see what opportunities 
I have. So like just little things like that are huge wins, I think, especially the more integration you can get with teams. Yeah. Because it's, I mean, teams was a nothing until COVID. I don't want to say a nothing, but like people were very slow to adapt it. And then out of nowhere, just everybody does everything in teams now. Uh, Yeah, no, it's true. I sort of feel like Windows version 12 is literally just going to be teams. Like you're just going to boot into teams. (laughs) Okay, now that would be terrible, but... You can dream, Raylan. I feel like that's just the direction you're going. Anyway, sorry. Our actual topic for today. More on security. More on security. (laughs) Since we ran out of time in our last security, we want to talk more about security. Where should we begin? I feel like... First, can we settle if it's still field-level security or is it now common-level? I mean, in Dynamics, it still says field-level, right? So... Yeah, but it's not like they have updated that UI. Yeah, the UI still old. I think it's called something else. I'd actually have to, I feel like I'd have to look in the maker portal to like try to enable it on a column to see what it says there. Because I think what it says there is different than what it says on the security profiles, which is different maybe than what it says when you open the security profile. Like it's, Great. So we have like three different names for the same thing. Yeah. I'm so shocked. Yeah. That's not, I know. yeah, uncommon. <laughs> I know. It's not and surprising. can you imagine being new to Dynamics or like just new to the space and seeing the different, like, because you're like, oh, I need to go look for this, but you can't find it. You don't know what to search for. Or like, yeah. Power Platform Admin Center. Or if you're and trying to like, get help on the internet, it's like which term to search for, or like you're talking to someone and they're using one, but like maybe it's the old term and you're new and you just don't know like what they're talking about. Yep, it'd be tough. Yeah. Yeah, it would absolutely be terrible. I don't know. I call it field level security or column level security. Well, I don't know what it's actually that. supposed to be called. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what it's actually supposed to be called. Let's stick with that. So it's, it's a cool feature where you can secure an individual field or fields. Um, and then you apply a separate security profile just to that field, and then you apply, then you grant that profile to users. And as far as I'm aware, there's still the three levels, right? Which is I have full access to the field, I have read-only access to the field, or I see absolutely nothing in the field. No, that's not quite right. It's create, edit, or update. There's no full. Like full would be turning all of those to yes. Sure, okay, fine. That's right, I forget that you can create and update separately. Yeah. So like you can initially put in data into the field, but if you just had create, once you saved it, you would no longer see it or be able to edit it. Right. Which would be a very odd. I have a use case for that. Oh, please. I like using that one. So that I use when the client is like, we, we don't want people to edit the set of fields. Like, let's say it's, I don't know, contact info, like email, phone number, address, and a contact, like whatever they're freaked out about their salespeople like updating that data because it's used for like these important things and they don't trust them right and so but they they are probably the ones that know when that actually changes first and so I use create sometimes to like create a, a kind of a process to like submit the data in but I would still let them see it but it's like they can submit it in and then it goes down this work stream where it gets approved but they just can't like edit it once it's created but I would give them view too because I don't know why you would let someone enter something and then not see it I guess that's what I was confused about is like why would you let them create it and not view it yeah I can think of a use case for that too what if you were 
what if you're tracking social security numbers and like somebody calls in and like starts an application process, you need to record their social security number, but you don't actually want that to be visible to users afterwards. Yeah, but if you're entering it, don't you need to make sure it's correct? Like, I get it, but like, it's just like, would you really not want that person to double check that it's correct? Well, they can double check it until they click save and then it's gone. What if it auto saves? I'd only auto saves once you save the first time. Yeah. You ought to turn auto save off. I mean, I think create standalone is not used very often. I I would love to see, like, if you guys have that turned on somewhere in your environment for those that are listening like comment or like share with us like how we like what is the use case for only create i think social security you could consider it or like some sort of hipaa i think information things like credit card credit card yeah so if anybody has a use case i'd love to hear about it yeah because i feel like there are situations where users need to be able to record data into a field but then you don't want them to see that on any other records either, right? Because if I if I give you access to be able to see the credit card number, the social security number, whatever, anytime you go and open a contact, you're going to be able to see what's in that field. That's correct. Yeah. But I might still need you to be the first point of entry for that data. I admit it's not going to be a common use case, but I think it is still a valid use case. Yeah, I don't know. I, I like the, the field level security stuff. I feel like it helps a lot. Do either of you happen to know, I feel like this used to be a restriction. You couldn't turn it on on most out-of-the-box fields or some out-of-the-box fields or maybe any out-of-the-box fields. You can definitely turn it on for out some of the out-of-the-box fields. Mm -hmm. There might be some that are special, but it's not one of those settings that like once you create the field, you can't go and change it. Like you can enable that at any time. You can turn it on for some of the -the out-of-the-box fields. I don't know if there could be restrictions on unique kind of like particular ones i mean i know you can because i've turned it on for phone number before mm-hmm. yeah like i know that you an like with email. <laughs> yeah some you can I, i'm sure that there are some where you can't like create it on date maybe or you know just some right. of those owner like, i don't know like yeah, some owner. weird ones yeah but like i've i've definitely turned it on for like mobile phone mm-hmm. like we didn't want people like our salespeople calling people's mobile phones because we were using it for password reset, for example, but we weren't collecting it for sales calls. We were collecting it for a different purpose. I will note that it's like a completely different security profile though. Like sometimes that confuses people. Like it's completely separate from the regular security roles and it doesn't have anything to do with who the owner of the record is. It's just, it's a completely different setup. Yeah. And then you have to identify like who that applies to. Because I mean, people might, you might have to set up different field level security for like the same field, depending on what people can and cannot do. Yeah. 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 And then you have to make sure you get the right users and teams in the right profiles. That's where I think teams would be very helpful is putting people onto a team. So you don't have to like go in and add like the user every time. Yeah. Yeah. You could just put them onto teams and then they would see it or not see it. And I, tell me if I'm wrong, but I feel like system admins don't even inherit automatic rates. Like you have to add them up to a profile too. Oh, that's believe... a good question. I think like you obviously are able as a system admin to go add yourself to a profile. But I think like if you turn field level security on and you just leave it at that, like even a system admin would see it, wouldn't see it until I, you give yourself permissions to. I believe that is correct. I guess I've never thought about it. I don't know. That's interesting. 
Because you're kind of, I'm kind of used to like, if you're system admin, you just can do everything. So it's kind of like, oh yeah, like I need to go do this extra step. Yeah, I think that is still the case. What other use cases are there? I mean, we talked about create and update. Well, I, I mean, I can think of a ton of use cases for like not letting people see data. I mean, that's just a huge one, right? Is like, like I said, the mobile phone, we use it at my current company to track like certain profit numbers, you know, like where the management would need to see it, but not the salespeople. Um, you know, there's just all sorts of data, like, you know, that you would need to secure, but want to be able to house it in the same CRM system. I mean, the view is the easiest one to come up with an example for. Um, yeah. I think the yeah. edit one would be beneficial too in a lot of ways, right? Because you would want people to see the email address but not edit it or things like that. But you could potentially use read-only for mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. Like why would you need a field level security for on that? Right. Well, yeah, it comes back to like the hard security versus the soft security. Like if it's on the form as a read-only field, well, now I can't change it on the form. But if I go into like an editable grid, then I could still change it. Whereas with this actual security profile, I cannot change it at all. I was thinking the same thing with edit. Like you could just not have it on, like you could do different forms for a table, but then mm -hmm. like you could still get to it through advanced find or view or some other way. Like it is field level security is hard security. Yeah, it is. It is hard security. One of the things that I've run into in the past where I've actually like, shied away from the field security is if somebody wants like a large set of data to not be visible. So like I have a contact and I want everybody to see like the contact's name and maybe their address or something so that they don't create a duplicate, but all of this other data that I'm tracking, like I don't want people outside of like this certain group or whatever to see. And so in those situations, instead of trying to like use a field security profile to like lock down like 15 or 20 fields. I'll just break it out into like a child table, like put it in another table related to the contact. And now I can just use normal security roles to control access to that table instead of having to deal with all the field security stuff. So I feel like it's, it's better on like a, a handful of fields as opposed to like, I've got, you know, this section of 50 data points that I don't want somebody to see, but just, just don't put it on the contact, like put it on another table. I agree. So what's your, what's your threshold? Is it 50 or 20? Whatever seems like too much work. <laughs> I've never heard, like, like, I've never heard a specific best practice on that. <laughs> more than one field. <laughs> it's still going to take me right. time to create the other table, Ashley. I, mean, come on. I know you, no, you I set yourself it, up for that though. I would probably break that at like in the 10 to 15 range. Uh, but again, I feel like it also depends on like what it is, how many users like fall into which categories, like do I only need to lock a few people out or do I need to lock like lots of people out? Like is this data that is going to belong better in like different business units? Like it, there's no hard and fast rule there. Is field level security business unit specific? I can't remember. No, okay. not at all. It is 100% like, what rights do I have on this data field? Liz, you had another one, another like security yeah. topic that you wanted to- Are we done we with field level for? security? Any other best like practices or gotchas or stories? Or use cases. <laughs> yeah. I honestly haven't used it all that often, right? Like I feel like it's one of those things where 
there's so many other options before you get to like that hard and fast rule that it shouldn't be your first option. It shouldn't be your I, default. No, it should not you be shouldn't default. use it on for every implementation. It's yeah, it's an exception. Yeah. 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 It's one of those where, okay, there's nothing else that will work. Let's consider bringing this in. Cause it is another thing to maintain. Like if you don't need it, you don't want another set of profiles to keep, to maintain right on an ongoing basis um can you move them in solutions yes and should you do you guys yes. think that that's one of those things that you should not maintain just in your production you would need mm -hmm. to test with security <laughs> what so so this testing is not testing if you're not testing with security applied yeah so this goes back to like um uh, this goes back to like real case and like you guys are consultants and you're like oh yeah in this perfect little pretty world of like administration where there are like small little changes that I would have to make that I'm just like you know what I'm not gonna go through doing this I know that this one little tiny fix is gonna fix it I'm not gonna go change it in sandbox and then like move it up because like somebody can see something they can't I need to fix that right away I just go and make that change in production so how do you get sandbox back in sync then do you go manually yeah, fix sandbox manually or go you fix copy prod back to sandbox uh there are ones managed and ones unmanaged so I would just manually make that change in sandbox I can't copy down I mean yeah on a new project or a bigger implementation I would say you should test with that because when I see issues like in UAT most of the issues are security issues and I think that when you don't have it's just it's so hard to answer that as somebody who administrates the system and people can see data they can't sure. same with security roles I if I have to make a quick change of security I don't go in the sandbox and edit it and move it up I just make that change right in production which I know is probably not best practice I mean, I would say yeah. that also depends on how often you're moving solutions and what your cadence is. Like, obviously, if it's a problem, you need to, and you're not going to like wait weeks for a solution move to like get that fixed. But if you're moving solutions like frequently or it's not like the showstopper issue, right? Yeah, so it probably depends on a lot of things. I get your point, Ashley. Yeah. Well, but I also get yours, right? Like, I would love to live in this world where like, there's a solution move every Thursday. So I just add it into that. Right. Like if it's weekly, I could totally see it. Yeah. yeah. It'll get fixed within a week. Especially if, again, it's not like this, oh my gosh, they're seeing something they really shouldn't. And this is a huge privacy, like a really big deal breaker. And we need to fix it immediately. Right. Mm -hmm. So anyways, yeah, my other topic is about, and we've touched on this in a previous episode, but it's been a while on how security roles control which apps users have access to and kind of how that's changed the way we think about security roles because it's it's an additional influence that they have on the system. Well, and my biggest question here is what do you think is best practice? Um, do you create a new security role for every app and then just give that security role to people that need it? Or do you create multiple security roles for that job function and then apply those to the app do you get what i'm saying do you get my question like mm -hmm. what is best practice like what security model would you do to give access and i'm not gonna I, i'll tell you what i did but not until i hear y'all's opinions really until you know first. if you did it wrong 
Oh, hundred percent. I want to know if I did it wrong. I mean, I think, it worked, so I don't. It's not wrong, I guess. I mean, the, but I think this is this is my answer. Is as with most anything in this space, the answer is it depends. But the oh, but that's what I was going to say too. <laughs> the consulting answer. The consulting answer is it depends. But legitimately, the reason that it depends is because I think, I think it varies on the number of things that you are dealing with. So if if I'm in an environment where I've got like two different apps, like maybe I've got a sales app and a service app, and that's basically it. But I have. 10 different security roles for service people and another 10 different security roles for salespeople, I'm probably just going to create a blank role for the sales app and a blank role for the service app, assign the app to those, assign the roles to the users and call it a day. If I've only got like two security roles for service and two security roles for sales and those two apps, I'm probably just going to assign the apps to the roles I've already got because there's only a couple of them. So I think, but if I had like, 10 different apps and like 50 different security roles, that's going to be really hard to manage and be like, wait, now which app goes with which role? Like, and then it's going to be a lot easier to keep track of if I go back to security role says XYZ app access, and I just assign that to people. Like, so it, it depends based on like how many things you've got. If you've only got one app and, and like four different security roles, I'm just going to apply the app to the four roles that I've already got because I've only got one app. So yeah, it depends. In your environment with however many business units, and I can only imagine how many apps, I, I would probably do a role per app because it would be easier for me to find it in the list of users. What's that your thoughts? That ditto. <laughs> I don't have anything to add. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I mean, that's what I did, right? Is because yeah. we have three or four apps. I can't, three or four? We have four apps. And so again, just created a security role that says like access to this app, access to this app, yeah. and then give that security because they all use the same. And I think, I know I've said this on last week's podcast was they all use the same salesperson role. Like I've worked very hard to like have one salesperson role for all salespeople. Now I might have like additional roles that they have access to or that they need access to. So I can't like just say, oh, this salesperson has access, you know, because so, they all use the same role. Right. So right. that's another perfect use case where you've got that consistent security role, but different app needs mm -hmm. across that role. Yeah. Which is kind of annoying because then it adds just more security roles, which I mean, I know that's the purpose and the point, but like the apps are worth it. Like, yeah, I would much rather have to maybe maintain an additional set of security roles to have apps. <laughs> yeah. That's oh, so true. Roles. Yeah. Well, I mean, so that whole, the apps in general have just created a whole other level of security to be able to lock down what people mm -hmm. have access to. Right. So it's a whole another layer of, sure, we have like, you know, the security of the security roles, we have the field-based security, we have all this stuff, but I mean, apps in and of itself is a whole another level. So I have a really- That's one of those, oh. Go ahead. Never mind. I was just going to tell a, a story. It sounds like you have a question. Tell your story. My question is a slight change of subject, so. Okay, fair enough. So I guess I was thinking, like thinking back over my consulting history, I feel like there have been so many different projects where we've spent a lot of time and put a lot of like JavaScript effort into like showing and hiding and stopping things for like different people in different security roles. And now that we have apps, like it's just so much easier. It's just so much easier. And I know that like 
if you add more apps and you are also adding some level of complexity because now you've got more things maybe that you have to maintain like oh if i change like the sort of data that i'm putting in this field then i need to change maybe multiple different forms or adjust multiple different apps but like it's just worlds better than it used to be with like trying to like show and hide whole sections and forms and things with javascript and like trying to hack the UI so that you can make views go away, which was like always somebody's big complaint. Like, or just well, having to use personal this. views. It really, uh, when you needed system views because you didn't want your view yeah. list to be so unmanageable. Well, and yeah. what's cool about the latest release is that you can even hide system views now. So as an end user, like, cool, these 10 system views are even in my app, but I don't use, I only use two of them. You can now hide system views. Um, so I, I just, I, I think it's as an ad, admin, I've been an admin for 10 years, having that additional work of having separate apps is not, is worth it to, oh, to everything else. It's, yep. it's not even, doesn't even cross my mind anymore. Of like, oh gosh, like what app are they using? You just have it documented in some sort of way. Like, okay, these groups use these apps or whatever. And the, you know, these apps have these forms or even like name things or add descriptions. Like I use like the description category, like this is for this. It really helps, um, but it's totally worth the. And I wouldn't even call it extra work because it was more work to be more. like, no, just ignore all this stuff. It doesn't matter. It was mm -hmm. way more work, so. So my dumb question is whenever I need to assign a security role to an app, I still go through the classic interface. Like, is there a way to do that in the maker portal? I have no idea. Okay. That makes, I'm like, I haven't found it. <laughs> so I just keep going back to the old way. Even to get like the URL for the app, I still go the old way. I don't I, know. To or to change the URL. To yep, or to change yeah, the URL. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay. I don't know a different way to do it. I'm not sure what the old way looks like, but I'm assigning my security roles from like the app launcher. So like when you right. go to the, all of your list of yeah. apps, you click three but little that's dots. The, and that's the old way. That's yeah, the old that's way? Not, okay. Yeah, that's not, that's not in the maker portal, no. Or no, it's not on the Power not. Platform Admin Center either, right? So it could be a mix of both well, that's true. of those. That's true. I just wasn't sure if they had moved it and I just was missing it and being dumb or. <laughs> yeah, if they've moved it, I would love to know. Okay. I still. If they moved away. it and someone listening or watching knows, tell us because we want to switch to the <laughs> new way. Apparently none of us know any better. So well, I mean, if it works, it works. I haven't tried like yeah. super hard to find it, but I haven't noticed a way. Well, I do it so rare that it's like yeah. I don't, yeah, like I don't like go look for it because I'm like, well, it's so uncommon to like you do it once and you're done usually. Mm -hmm. so like why would I invest time to try to figure out where it is if this if I know this is still up and running mm -hmm. until they tell yeah. me it's not going to be there anymore I probably won't go look for the new one so I have one last security topic sure yeah uh applying security roles to forms and dashboards yeah we haven't talked about that it's true especially forms like dashboards I feel like are less less relevant now that we have apps like it was better yeah. that was a bigger deal pre-apps but foreign level security is a big deal. I've actually never used it. So really, oh my gosh, really? I like feel like that's one of my most common things to implement. I mean, I feel like yeah, I feel like I it. use it less with apps also because I feel like I just limit the forms that are in the app. Oh yeah, you're right. I have use it, but I don't use it anymore because of the apps. Like I just give it to everybody and then add the only forms I need in the app. So interesting. That's, 
See, yeah, so I, I frequently will only have one app for a deployment. So like if it's simpler, but then like, let's say you have um, a sales team, but they're selling pretty different things. And so you might have like, they're all in one app because accounts and contacts and leans are the same perhaps, but like just the opportunity form needs to be different because of the details that they're tracking. And so like, mm-hmm. I wouldn't just do two different apps because that would actually be like unnecessary. And so you just do a different sure. form for let's say the opportunity and control that based on security roles. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I totally see the place where it just in my current deployment, like you just have different, apps and for the different forms but no I agree like I used to use that all the time especially before apps it's a handy feature it's another one of those things where it's like you have so many different ways that you can solve the same problem mm-hmm. and so it comes in then you get back around to it depends which is well should I do it this way or should I do it that way well if I've only got one app because I really only need one app fine one app and then change your forms security but if you've already got a couple different apps maybe you don't need it but I think to your point, Liz, it's knowing all the options, like knowing what's available mm-hmm. to you. Um, right. First of all, it's difficult for one person to know like every scenario, but I mean, there's just so many ways to do something. I want to share a little tidbit I learned too on my last project. So we had multiple forms and we had a, a set of users that sold their thing 98% of the time. So they had their own form, but like 2% of the time needed to go to the other form. And there's not a good, like we had to train them on how to like switch back and forth. Mm -hmm. And we didn't want to do another app to change the default form because this was just, this was an exception. But if you actually go to the form you want as your default and save it as a favorite there, it actually remembers what form you were on. And so we just had them save a different favorite link. Like we just had them save it that way. And then it always defaulted to their form, which was not the default form, but they had manually chosen to go there and were on that when they saved the favorite. It like stores it in the URL, which I thought like was a really cool in the trick. browser. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And I just learned that like last summer on my project. So that's cool. It's it's and you can do it with like coding too, but it was a no-code right. project. And so they were like, this is a good enough workaround to solve that problem. Well, I think that that just the fact that the URLs now change when you move from page to page in Dynamics makes things like that possible, mm-hmm. right? I remember mm-hmm. people used to like copy the URL and I'm like, yeah, that doesn't do anything. <laughs> that does. <laughs> so. Yep. Yep. That's actually a cool, like. cool trick. I don't, I've never thought of that. I can't take credit for it. I didn't come up with it. Someone taught it to me, but. That's fine. It is still a cool yeah. trick. Thanks, Paul, yeah, if you're listening. <laughs> seen a lot of the switching with javascript where you just like based on form data or whatever you'd like switch it to the other form but which works fine i don't like the double refresh because yeah we just i've just trained users to switch it if i've had to have something like that in the past but it's not ideal yeah it's true. like i wish you could just had buttons at the top like choose this form choose this form um cool anything else any other i know this was our second go around at security I had no idea we had so much to say that's why we had to have a second go around i'm sure there's a topic we've forgotten but i can't think of what it is awesome well thanks again everyone for jumping in and uh listening uh if there are other security topics let us know and we'd be happy to discuss them thank you for listening to the dynamics hot dish podcast 
For additional content and previous episodes, check out our website at dynamicshotdish.com, follow us on Twitter at Dynamics Hot Dish, and subscribe to our podcast for notifications. Thanks. See you next time.